0: Horizon Season 3, Episode 3 Adrift. Ellie? The Tin Class vessel has been secured. The repressurization and decontamination procedures have begun.
1: That was really
0: quick. The docking procedure and adjuster application was sufficiently enacted.
2: What Ali is trying to say is that we don't have to wait for anything to clear, or for any manual adjustments to be made by the crew. So it went far more quickly than you or anyone else could have expected.
1: Come on. Repressurization of the docking base should be complete by the time we make it down there.
2: pilot is not going to want to see me.
1: We can avoid that for a little while, but if they live, they're going to see you sooner or later.
2: For now, we can just focus on getting them help. Exactly. I have to say, I'm really relieved not to be alone on a ship again.
0: You were not alone on the Bifrost, Melira. I was with you. Also, Sansan on Rune.
2: I know, Ellie. You understand what I mean.
1: I get it. This way. Is the process complete?
0: Yes. You may now access the docking bay.
1: I've only ever seen one of these before, but... I think the emergency release is somewhere on this side
0: will it even work? I can open the tin using the interior release circuit. Do it. Please stand back and prepare for the forward panel to be ejected.
1: Shit. One of them is dead.
2: We knew that. We can still help the pilot. They're unconscious.
1: Still breathing.
2: How can we
0: help? The required equipment remaining in the medical lab has been sent to the Trenin configuration. If you are capable of bringing the tent pilot to the medical bay, the reconstruction chamber will aid in the healing process, though some of the supplements and physical attachments will require manual input to modify for Trenin use.
1: We can do that. How's your healing, Nolira? Think you can lift the Trenin?
2: Absolutely not. But we can use this. Bring it right to the elevator and into medical.
1: It will have to do. (laughs) All right. Get the pilot out first. Mind their head doesn't hit the floor. We can come back to put the corpse into cold storage afterwards.
2: <sighs> Ali, please open all the doors on the way to medical and call the elevator. The elevator and all doors
0: are open. Upon medical, the physical attachments will require manual input to modify for training.
1: Yeah, I know. I can do that. If not, I'm sure you can walk me through it.
2: I'll have to do the legs. I don't think I should lift the weight of the top, unless you want two patients in here.
1: I have the top now. Lift! Uh. All right, the Trenin supplements. I've done this before. Shouldn't be too confusing to do it again.
2: When did you do this before?
1: Uh... Medical emergency? Dr. Yensig yelled the instructions at me, but it went well. Now, let me think. And I don't think you should be around when the pilot wakes up.
0: Right. Yes. Sergeant Lawrence, if you would like to save the life of the pilot, you must begin the required adjustments. Reconstruction will begin when possible.
1: No, Lyra, I have this. You should probably leave. I'll be in here until the pilot
2: wakes up.
0: Two. No lira.
2: Back to the docking bay. Don't do that. We should let the pilot see it first. It's been a while since I've seen a body. I could have gone for never seeing one again.
0: I'm sorry that death is inevitable for you and that this corpse reminds you of that.
2: No, Ali, I'm not thinking about me. I'm worried. About what will happen to the children you want to create. On this new planet we're heading to, how can we have everything we need? Medicine, food... How will I stop them from becoming corpses?
0: They will all die eventually, but organic life of your limited duration consistently finds meaning in life due to its shortened state.
2: The duration does not create the meaning. The duration forces us to find meaning. We all just want to find what makes us contented and, if possible, happy. But sometimes the time we have is too short. But what if it's too short? Ali, I know you think this is a good idea. I understand what you're trying to create, but we really don't need all the embryos. We don't need 44,000. The emergence can work with fewer than that, certainly.
0: I have planned and optimized around the available amount, including whether the embryo is human or Trenin and accounting for the required genetic diversity.
2: They're people, Allie. They won't act a certain way just because you tell them to.
0: I understand.
2: (sighs) What if we were able to re-establish some peace and return some of them? We can take only those required for a minimum viable population, reducing the harm caused to additional lives. We could work with fewer, certainly. This experiment has such a high cost, Ali.
0: This is not an experiment, Nolira. This is a goal. The emergence will create something new. A new world and a new direction for organic life. All goals come with their own struggles and their own failures. The 44,000 embryos will remain. I will keep them safe. And
2: I will keep you safe, Nolira. I know, Ali.
3: If you finished your meal, I may have you take command for a few hours. I have
4: some food. I'm
3: not sure I would call it a meal. The mess hall is more of a communal
4: space, and all the food transferred from the Walden is parcel. It's calories, but... Not anything I would call a meal.
3: All hopes point to an early return to Alliance space, so just bear it a bit longer.
4: Yes, I hear that they did not bring any of your alcohol on board.
3: Not in much of a drinking scenario at the moment, regardless. But you do appear tired.
4: This many hours of work without substantial rest is not healthy for a human.
3: I can take over. I only have a few updates to discuss beforehand. Sir, incoming communication from the Wave 5. They should be outside of range, given current function. <laughs> Seems rest will have to wait, Gran. Put them through. Captain. Yep. Have you recovered the pod, Tinchen chen
0: The Cyro-7
5: pod was recovered and docked. Sadly, Tinchen From was found deceased. Initial medical examination says it was due to radiation exposure.
6: There were still and rations on board, though, in short supply. The danger was in the onboard radiation readings picked up by our instruments upon docking. The pod has
3: been deemed a radiation hazard. Ben Avi, did we have information on the radiation readings before?
7: No, sir. We only knew that the pod had compromised radiation shielding.
3: <sighs> Even if we'd known, we may not have been able to get there in time. True.
7: If the radiation damage was
4: significant enough, Dr. Yenisei can test the body once it has been brought aboard.
5: That's the question, Captain. We can store Frost's body without risk to the Wave 5 crew, but we can't keep the pod without possibly exposing the crew. Though
6: the
4: pod may provide additional information on what destroyed the Cyroi-7, we let the Bifrost science team look it over. These crafts do not have the same internal radiation shielding as the Walton. Towing it would have been possible with the adjusters, but without the equipment we left
3: on board, it would pose a
4: flight hazard.
3: Leave the pod. Note the location of the drop in the report, and take as many readings as you can before dropping it. If this is any indicator, you need to begin the route to the final pod quickly. Send over the full report from the first pod, if possible. I'm still unsure how your com got in at this range. Yes, sir. Something destroyed the Bifrost and the Cyroi-7, then possibly continued to damage the Cyroi-7 pods to ask Captain Park about radiation readings from the Bifrost fleet, if any are available. When we were among the Bifrost debris, we encountered significant radiation fluctuations. We had thought we were passing parts of free-floating degraded core, but maybe we were passing objects which had been exposed to an external radiation source.
4: We don't have enough information to draw conclusions so far, but we can speak with Captain Park and Kenpin and Tron. There is still a lot we do not know about the destruction
7: event.
3: If he has time. Benavi, please send out another request to the CIMEC for a discussion with command.
7: Captain Park does not appear available, but Kempin and Tron has the comm.
3: Put me through. Captain, I will be of assistance if I can. Commander Gran and I just received news that our team's attempt to rescue one of the passengers of the Cyroi 7 has failed. Apparently the pod's radiation shielding was inadequate and resulted in more damage than we or the passenger had anticipated. This
6: is upsetting news. We are thankful that so far the Bifrost has sustained no casualties. We know that the same cannot be said for others, certainly not this far into contested space.
3: We were wondering if the Bifrost exported any of its radiation data before the evacuation. We would like to know what details you could share regarding the destruction event.
6: While well, we lost the data, we are lucky, Dr. Mementia
5: has memory like a metal box. A steel trap, Commander. My luck is still trap. And I'm not sure why I would say that, but I do remember what you were facing in the hours leading up to the evacuation.
6: Hmm.
5: Still better than what you did last time, Trump. I will remember next time. <laughs>
3: what was the situation, Doctor?
5: Chaos, Captain. A couple of days before the evacuation, we started getting incoming data that looked like erratic radiation. We saw that the bifrost intended course had a high probability of intersecting with this moving area, so I advised Captain Park to alter our course. What I proposed was nothing even remotely taxing for the bifrost, because even the smallest change in our velocity at that point should have easily put us outside the range of the phenomenon.
3: But what was it?
5: Believe me, Captain, I wanted and still want to know. We took as many skins as we were able from a safe distance, but the Bifrost is, was, a colony ship, not an exploration or science vessel. Captain Park was very adamant that we keep the anomaly at a great distance. With
6: good
5: reason. If I had been on a science vessel, it would have been a phenomenal find. Something to study for years, I would wager. Four or five years minimum. We threw a few speculations around some kind of deep space radiation storm, but now we'll never know. And I understand the importance of reigning in world speculation. But even
6: given the adjustment we made, the data we collected was not enough to save the bifrost. No,
5: the bifrost was certainly not supposed to be an agile ship. We had defenses, but not for something like this. The adjustments we recommended were enacted, but we were working from a limited data set. The phenomenon moved rushed without much warning and began to cut across nearby space we knew the bicrost had a very high chance of hole failure under radiation barrage like that and without time to adjust evacuation was the safest option the evacuation fleet vessels are much faster and as you know we were able to escape the radiation but once we were off the bike crossed, the rest of the issues began
3: these issues being the loss of control over the fleet?
5: Exactly. But that falls more within the Captain and the captain's knowledge set than mine. Yes. After the evacuation, our plan had been to set a reverse course
6: away from the approaching system and begin the return to the nearest slip junction while fleeing the radiation. But as soon as the ships were free of the Bifrost, we lost all control. Charms, flight scans, everything could make visual confirmation with nearby ships, but that was all for some time. The fleet moved into the local system, moved into the asteroid belt, and became locked in the orbit where you found us. We originally speculated that some program capable of detecting radiation had been triggered. In such a situation, this was possible, but unexpected. Neither the captain nor I...
5: Nor anyone in the science and engineering departments.
6: Yes sir, we had no knowledge of any such program. Everything was automatic. We were wholly locked out and trapped within our own ships. Nothing we did had any effect. It wasn't until we had sailed in around the dwarf planet that we regained
4: short arms and were able to begin assessing any damage done to the fleet. Tell us about the damaged ships, the radiation they encountered.
5: The ships that sustained damage were the last ships to evacuate. We have two current theories on what caused the damage. First, that they caught a radiation flare from the phenomenon, but we cannot determine this without more reading on that damp thing and missing flight data from the evacuation. Second, because we think that they left behind our primary fleet, they had not reached a position beyond the dwarf planet or large asteroid as quickly as we had. The asteroid now shows significant, almost catastrophic radiation readings, or at least they did when we had a moment of clarity with our instruments again. The radiation vented the opposite side of the dwarf planet, thankfully protecting the majority of our fleet. If they have not reached the defensive position in time, that may have been the point of exposure.
3: This radiation occurrence, did you say it was within the local system, a solar event?
5: No, not at all. It was outside the heliopause. And in not likelihood, the, the interaction between the heliopause and the interplanetary medium actually helped to mitigate our fleet's exposure.
4: It is also no wonder that Dr. Jiang An-Tui was so easily left behind. One slip in the data, saying the medical lab was cleared. And that would be all. No going back once the evacuation vessels lost control. And no way to check the
3: records until so much later. No data was collected at all. We tracked
5: our location through time and star measurements. took visual notes. The blue light that started to burn like a small star and then burst like a bomb. And knowing that it was the end of the Bifrost? Dr. Khan from Engineering well had a heart attack. The rest of us just sobbed. I still don't know what I'm going to tell the people in Cryo.
4: They are all alive. That is more than we can say for the sum and the sideways seven.
5: How many are left out there?
3: Our vessel and the rescue team are on their way to the final pod now, and we have reason to be hopeful. Our last communication, while still aboard the Walton, gave us no cause for alarm. But we never found them all. Thank you for your time, Dr. Mometja, Campanin. We will reach out to you and Captain Park with further updates and questions.
5: We still have to review the data from the Cinexon's team with full functionality. We will contact you with the results later. It should be a few more hours at least. Until then. Until then.
3: Thank you. And our regards to Captain Park.
2: walton get any live broadcasts
0: no the otv walton does not currently have access to live broadcasts other pre-recorded forms of entertainment are available in the walton's database
2: thank you just continue with the music for now
0: and is progressing without complication. A full recovery is expected within the next 23 hours. Sergeant Lawrence's assistance is no longer required, and he is here to see you.
1: I was about to knock. Allie. Oh. The pilot looks to be doing well. Allie's running everything now, so I was going to head up to the mess and and grab something to eat before the procedure finishes up.
2: I could use something to drink.
1: Wild guess, says tea.
2: You never know with me.
1: So, did you try to talk to Allie again about the bats?
2: Now's not the time to try and walk out of this, Lawrence. I tried to get you free. You stuck around.
1: Oh, I know you did. I just wanted to be sure we had exhausted all our diplomatic options.
2: Oh, Lila. Lawrence, please, again, don't try anything. Allie will hurt you. You're here as a courtesy to me. But if you get in the way of the emergence, you'll become a problem. I don't want to see you hurt. I don't want to see anyone hurt. Not again.
1: I know. No, Lyra. You can't see a way out. But I'll keep looking. I do have some questions about this new planet since it appears it will be our new home for the foreseeable future. Do we just start on one? Like an old Earth scenario? I'm guessing it has an atmosphere suitable to both versions of the intended new life forms, but... what's it like?
2: That's directed at you, Allie.
0: I am glad to hear you have developed an interest in learning more about your future home. This is a positive step toward acceptance and will help us to forge our way through our differences. Together, Nolira and I will build our new society. And if you show your worth, there is space for you to be part of our work. To craft a world worthy of the Emergence.
1: Does she know how terrifying that sounds?
0: What about the
2: planet, Ali?
0: Sergeant Lawrence is correct. The planet has an atmosphere compatible with both human and Trenan life. The most comparable planet in the Trinit-Home system would be Enzin, with an atmosphere similar to those produced for the technocracy stations. The planet has a surface gravity of 9.172 meters squared, a 6.47163% decrease in the normalized gravity applied to all technocracy stations and vessels. This is within an acceptable range. The planet has an average temperature range of minus 40 to minus 38 degrees Celsius, with the coldest regions being polar and high altitude mountain ranges. The average atmospheric pressure... We can
1: live there, so all of this is great, but it doesn't tell us about the planet we're going to see. What about animals? Plants?
0: The planet is populated with over 7.1 million species. This is a significant reduction from the 10.2 million species that were present before the last mass extinction event. Not unlike the mass extinction events seen throughout the Anthropocene on the human origin planet. Upon eliminating the cause of the extinction events, the planet's environment and ecology has stabilized over time. Several species past the critically endangered point did not maintain genetically viable populations and could not be saved. But in the time since then, an additional 145,326 species have developed. The planet is now healthy and able to support the emergence.
1: What is the greatest natural threat to a society-built planet-side?
0: Disease. The humans and Trenn who begin the emergence alongside you and Nolira will face previously unknown diseases caused by a variety of microscopic life forms. Once we reach the planet, the labs available will allow Nolira and me to craft the first vaccines. Future generations will have the boon of programmed genetic immunity. This will be required for the future, but given the data I already have available, we will have a full range of required treatments and vaccines available, within the first two years, focusing on those deemed most dangerous and those first contracted.
1: We dealt with that when we got here. Trennan illnesses had people terrified for a whole generation.
0: It went both
2: ways. All the free planets were quarantining any diplomat or scientist that came from a station. Until we had enough data shared and treatments prepared, so much of our interaction was digital.
1: Are any of the life forms animals? Anything dangerous?
0: Almost all living animal-like creatures on the planet are dangerous to a degree. Some may not be dangerous to human and Trennin. Others will be. There is a one hundred ninety-five kilogram predator animal, well documented for its camouflage plumage and a jaw strength of a comparable one thousand four hundred psi. Its habitat distribution zone is over 2,000 kilometers away from the selected landing and occupation zone. It is unlikely you will encounter it.
2: Will we be able to farm and consume any of the native flora?
0: Given data on record for documented flora, I believe there are over 15,000 species of edible plant life of considerable nutritional value. There are also 23,000 forms of edible fungi, 1,400 of these, and 2,450 of the edible flora were widely cultivated crops by the planet's previous inhabitants.
2: Even with the knowledge of what we can possibly consume, it'll take a few seasons for us to grow some of the larger crops. We'll need to start a small farm quickly to prepare food for the first generation, and I don't even know how long a growing season is.
0: I've already begun the process to begin the new seed germination in the labs. The sprouts will be transplanted to the hydroponic cells within the next 36 hours.
1: Labs from the previous inhabitants? Hydroponic cells? And they still work? Ali, how many technocracy years ago did the previous inhabitants die?
0: The original inhabitants died 1,645 technocracy years ago. Do not worry. I have removed their corpses and the structures have been cleaned in preparation for the arrival of the Walton.
1: How long until Allie sees her experiment has failed? A few years? A few generations?
0: This is not an experiment, Sergeant Lawrence. This is a goal.
2: He is understandably worried, Allie.
0: When you see the planet and what I have prepared, I believe you will no longer have reason to worry. Your worry is based on doubt. Do not doubt me or in my ability, and you will no longer need to worry.
2: I don't doubt that you want to keep the embryos safe, Allie. I think you will do whatever you must to keep your future emergence safe. I will. And I hope Lawrence remembers this too.
1: I know. I understand.
2: Where are you going? You didn't eat.
1: I think I was wrong to leave the tin pilot alone. I'll wait in the med bay until they regain consciousness. You should eat, though. You look tired.
4: This is very unusual. A call would suffice. We must be thankful we can even talk.
3: Captain Park said that Dr. Memecha needs to brief us in person. She was adamant, and given that she's the highest ranking science officer in this fleet, her recommendation bears incredible weight. You are in charge of the Walton Auxiliary vessels while I'm gone. Captain, seal is set. Please proceed to the Cimec. Watch over my ships, Gran.
4: Without reservation, Captain.
8: Welcome aboard the BAV Command Cimec, Everett. I would share more formalities, but Dr. Mametya is waiting for us in the cargo hold. Thank you, Leslie. Happy to be aboard. <laughs> Reminds me of the Walton. It should. The Cimec is a slightly modified version of a later model. You'll find the layout is similar. The cargo hold is right here. What is that?
9: This, Captain Sophorn, is our clean room. It took a couple of hours to set and prepare, but it should work now. It must work now. Will Kenpen and Tron not be joining us, or the Commander?
8: No. Tron has temporary control of the fleet.
3: Gran is also in charge of our waves.
9: Well, you'll be unable to update them for now, but they'll find out when they find out. Come quickly, and leave all your devices out here. My assistant will indicate if you receive a communication. I have a lot to share with you both, Captain. There are no seats, so we'll just have to stand.
8: This room feels very strange. Why are we in here?
9: The quick version is that this room is controlled for the building of very specific pieces of equipment that require a perfect balance in atmospheric change. Thankfully, all I needed was the room, and not any other equipment.
3: So, why are we in this place, Doctor? You said it was urgent.
9: Very. My team and I just finished going over some of the findings from when the Cimac and parts of the fleet regained full functionality. It took us some time to look over it all, and at a certain point, we stopped to construct this room. Here, this is the data we're able to print off. Some of it, the shifts that regained their full capacity had entered into a section devoid of the unexpected and strong ionic readings registering through the rest of the local system. Everywhere in the system, at least as far as we could scan in those brief minutes, we found strong, unnatural ionic readings.
3: Unnatural?
9: The makeup of this interplanetary medium has readings unlike any we have on record, for any other solar system. The activity, the energy being moved around, It's not dangerous, but it's powerful, more reactive in some places than even the interplanetary mediums around new collapsing
3: stars. So is it unnatural or just unexpected?
9: Both certainly. There are laws of the physical world operating within the unstructured chaos of space. That we should expect to see. Here we see something altogether outside of those predictions. It's fascinating.
8: So we regained full functionality when we were briefly outside this. What do you believe is happening? We have not left the local
3: system yet. We should still be within the bounds of the interplanetary medium.
9: Yes, we are, which is why we're here. Our trajectory is parabolic, to bring us around the local system and back out near the steep junction. I believe what we have encountered was a sectional break in the interplanetary medium beyond the termination shock, but the local system's interplanetary medium inside the heliosheath was no longer the dominant force.
8: We entered an area outside of control. And you believe that outside the termination shock, we will be free?
9: I believe that outside the termination shock, but within the heliosphere, the influence will be weaker. And that outside the heliopause, it will be gone.
8: So why the room?
9: Whatever is using the charge and power within the interplanetary medium, which in itself is a feat unmatched by the technocracy, is able to transmit and control the signals and charges within the fleet. If it can send signals here, I have no reason to doubt it cannot receive signals
8: utmost caution. So within this room, we're not observed?
9: This is my most desperate hope and calculation.
8: So this is what you meant about us not telling Trun and Gron?
9: They can know, of course. But you'll have to tell them in here. If this is even working.
8: So, who
3: do we think is doing this?
9: We have nothing capable of this in the technocracy. Not on this scale.
3: We're in contested space and we should be cautious, but... There is the possibility of Exalaki technology. We encountered an Exalaki ship, but... But they'd also lost a ship in the area.
9: Nothing we have collected on Exalaki technologies supports they did that this could be their work. To work on such a scale. Massive and atomic.
3: What about an AI?
9: An artificial construct that has passed its super-singularity could have the capacity, but I still don't see a path from... No. I'm not here to make wild speculations. The only advice I'd give is that once you leave this room, it will see you. But once we exit the Heliopause, we should be free of it.
8: So we have a way out.
9: Once the interplanetary medium is in our engine wake, all functionality
3: should return. But until then, we're still without full control of our own ships. We have
8: no reason to doubt you.
9: You should. My team and I are working off very little data.
8: We need to be careful. This... has control of our ships, and even if the control does end, we need each and every single one of our ships free of its control before any action can be taken. Phenomenal discovery or an act of terrorism, nothing goes against its wishes until all of my colonists are free. Agreed.
3: We still have the opportunity to get out of this without the loss of any additional lives. Doctor, would you rule out the idea that this could have been orchestrated by a single human or Trennan?
9: Certainly. Even with technological assistance, it would require the input of hundreds of active and trained attendants. Why?
3: Just ruling things out. If you don't mind having this conversation again, I will send Commander Grant to speak with you aboard the Simic when I return. I'll send Tron
8: as well. What if this room did not work?
9: Captain! Captains! We're not currently ejected into the Dock of Space, so it either works or... Or what? Or it no longer cares what we do. Like a little colony of ants under the foot of an elephant, we may not be worth the bother. Trapped inside control ships, we can do nothing.
3: We're not a threat. Let's keep it that way.
9: We should be outside the heliopause within the next 34 hours. I'll make myself available for Commander Grant and Ken Pen and Tran. But please send them soon. I have work to do. Tuna Tokanje, Ondokani Mulangoni, <laughs> Namtari njia Ali Captain Sapon Aengye Kwenye WAV. Please, understand that what I've told you is a terrifying prospect. Anything I find out, I'll tell you. But until we leave the heliopause or hit another bubble, I have no way to gather more information. And I fear it. They may know I'm doing exactly that.
8: Just stay safe for now. When the colonists are able to leave safely, then we can worry about the implications of what's happening. Thank you, Captain. Doctor...
1: Hey, try not to move too much yet. It would help if you spoke standard. One second, I think we have an ambient translator on board.
10: Ali, please. This is
1: I'm not speaking Trenrin, but the ambience translator is helping us understand each other. You are on board a technocracy vessel, the OTV Walton.
10: I. I was with Janssen.
1: I understand that Yansen was the fellow Trennan in the tin with you. I'm sorry to tell you that your partner did not survive. We found your ship floating without propulsion. Your craft, the Canontunlin, reported your tin missing. Janssen will be
10: dearly missed. His talents were Imperial. I remember. We hit something. Oh no. Encountered a wave and. And it knocked us off course. The, the engine contained a rupture. I remember seeing Yansen bleed. Then nothing. Return me to the Cannon Tomblin.
1: We hope to. Well, I hope to. I'm Sergeant Samuel Lawrence.
10: I am Arnfeed Stone, tin Arn for the G D I B Cannon
1: Please try to remember anything else about what happened to damage your ship, Arnfeed. We will send it in the report when we return you to the Cannon Tomblin.
10: The siren was ringing. The pressure sound. There was a quick leak because the engine ruptured. And, and then the auto seal deployed. The quick depressurization. It, it hurt. It pulled us so quickly. Then I saw dancing bleed. And nothing else.
1: That matches with what I saw on the tin. Again, I'm sorry for your loss. The medical station is set to heal Trennan biology, so please stay here until you're fully healed.
10: I've never met a human physician.
1: I'm not a physician, but I'm here to help. I'll get you anything you need as long as I can. We have Trennan foods and drinks aboard, if you're hungry.
10: If you have Trennan foods aboard this technocracy craft, that must mean you have Trennan's crew. And yes, I need food. I have not eaten in so long. I can feel. I can feel how famished I am. I will wait here.
1: The Walton usually has dozens of Trenin crew. Our second in command is Thin Quan Gran of Nunrun. You rest, and I'll go get you something to eat. I'll bring a few options.
10: When I am killed, I request to see my tin and the water cans.
8: Of course.
0: Arnfine Stonin about me, or Nalira.
1: She just woke up on a technocracy vessel after years of war and propaganda. I'd wager that is already terrifying enough.
0: Arnfine Stonin is currently experiencing an elevated pulse and has picked up a medical blade. The medical blade has now been stored in her frontmost pocket.
1: See? Waking up on what many Exilarchy members still consider an enemy ship? Finding out Jansen died and not seeing another Trenin around? All of it... I'll get her some food and let her see the Tin, and maybe then we can introduce her to you. You're a crazy disembodied power, and I'll bet she'll still be more terrified of Nolira.
0: Because she is the Unwin Fenshin. A nightmare. The Tin Arnfiend Stonin will not be permitted to interfere with the emergence and may not cause harm to Nolira. I'll handle it. If you do not, I will. The Tin Arnfiend Stonan has fallen back asleep. Full recovery is not yet complete.
4: Captain, welcome back. Commander Gran
3: has news for you up on deck. Also, Mr. Auden Barrow here has requested to speak with you.
11: I won't take much of your time, Captain, but I think we should speak.
3: I wanted to speak with you as well. Please, walk with me. I must inform you of the death of your fellow Cyroi 7 passenger, Tinchen Fron. You have my condolences yet again, Mr. Barrow.
11: Yes. Gran and I discussed this briefly. I have the contact information for Fron's family back on Thong Quan and we'll reach out to them after we re-enter Technocracy space. It has been harrowing to hear of so many deaths from our small ship. But it makes me all the more thankful that the Bifrost crew has survived intact. Gran didn't tell me how Fron passed. Had the supplies run out that quickly?
3: No. It appears Fron's pod suffered a massive amount of radiation damage.
10: That's terrible.
3: If you had already spoken to Gran about Fron, did you have something else to speak with me about?
11: I spoke with Sun Sunan Onrun. He believes that Nolira is not doing this alone, but acting under the coercion of some kind of corrupted artificial intelligence. He stated that it not only controlled Nolira's arm and the ship, but him as well. He doesn't want to help Nolira, but he saw value in helping the unborn Trenant. He was very frightened, though. ...and has requested the removal of his neural blocker. Controlled him how? Through the neural blocker, I would think. Which leads me to believe it should be removed. One moment.
3: Cargo, this is Captain Sarpon. Place the prisoner, Sun Sanon, on Rune, under increased watch, and escort him to the transfer lock. He will join Commander Gran when she leaves for the Simek. Yes, Captain.
11: Sunon is not what we should worry about, Captain.
3: If something can control him, then he is. You will go to the Simek. They have a fully equipped medical bay capable of removing the neural blocker and suitable holding cells.
11: But what about this possible corrupt AI? Something is forcing Nolero to kidnap those vats. In any normal circumstances, an action on this skill would be counted as an act of terrorism.
3: Excuse me, Mr. Barrow. I have duties to attend to, and you are not to speak of this any longer while aboard my ships, do you understand? Do not speak with Sunson on Rune nor anyone else about this subject, or you may be placing us all in danger.
11: What, Captain Sarpo? Yes, sir. But I have a request. May I join Sun Sun on Onrun's escort to the Simac?
3: Yes, and be sure he speaks with Dr. Mamecha following the removal of the neural blocker. Thank you. Goodbye.
4: Captain, come quickly.
3: What is
8: that?
4: It just arrived on our local sensors, but we still do not have access to full spectrum scans. Look here. It has considerable density.
7: Some kind of artificial satellite, Captain. Though no longer in an orbit, visual assessment is possible now at the starboard deck.
4: That is not a free planet, nor
3: an exilarchy style of construction, Captain. What kind of readings are you capable of collecting, Benavi?
7: This close to the ship, we can get some radiation readings from our hull sensors, though I don't know how to interpret them, Captain.
3: Do it. Send the data directly to Dr. Memecha on the Simek.
7: Just a moment. Sent, Captain.
4: It may be a kind of ship, though I've never seen anything like it.
7: Small, but
4: larger than a tin or subdrop class.
7: The
3: shape is not like any ship. It appears more like a satellite. Incoming from Doctor Memecha from the Smet, Captain. Open channel. Tell me what I'm looking at, Doctor.
5: No idea, Captain. I can't see from here. Only one of our fleet has it in close range sensors but these radiation readings
7: tell me that this thing has been out here for hundreds of years. Vast Horizon, episode 23, Adrift. Written and created by K.A. Stats. Produced with sound design by Travis Fengroff. Mixed and mastered by Brandon Strader, with senior sound designer Dane Leonardson, and featuring executive producer Dennis Greenhill. Starring Siobhan Lumston as Dr. Nolira Eck, Tanya Milojevich as Ali, A.R. Olivieri as Sergeant Lawrence, David Devereaux as Auden Barrow, David Alt as Captain Sarpon, Lonnie Manella as Commander Gron. L. Jeffrey Moore as Captain Park, Tianye Skarkson as Arnfield Stonen, Peter Lewis as and Shrun, and Benja Zaharlowa as Dr. Nyoto Jemisin Mimetya, also featuring Travis Vengroff, Ryan Philbrook, Lindsay Zanna, Tim Troutman, Daniel Munoz, and Mimi Chan. The title theme, Adrift, was written by Brandon Boone, arranged by Stephen Malin, and performed by the Budapest Scoring Choir. Translations were provided by Sophie Yang and Hannah Quirikia. This episode would not be possible without the support of our listeners on Patreon. Please consider supporting our show at patreon.com slash foolandscholar, or by sharing this show with a friend. This production is copyrighted 2021 by Fool and Scholar Productions, and Vast Horizon is a trademark of Caitlin Stats. Thank you for listening.